Why is it important? Why is faith important? Have you ever thought about that? And, and even, what is faith? What is this faith that we're talking about? Well, in Hebrews eleven six, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay? That's what... Um, that's why it's important to have faith is so we can please Him. Now, please there is the word that means to gratify entirely, and it's from the word acceptable. Okay? So let's look at it this way. But without faith, it is impossible to be acceptable and to be pleasing and to be agreeable with God. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I want you to all to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews 11, and we're, we're going to start right there in chapter 1, and I mean in verse 1, and Pastor Tim talked last week on to dare again. How many of you here were last week? You remember that to dare again? Okay, he talked about taking some new risks, and how for some of us who have been down the road, um, down the road, son, down the road, thank you, (laughs) yeah, now I can move, I got to move, some of us have been down that road of being offended, being hurt, being in, in turmoil, amen, who besides me has been down that road, and he was talking about how God uses that and works in that to stretch our faith, to uh, exercise us and to to strengthen us, okay? And so what I want to do this morning and what the Holy Spirit has directed me to do today is to talk more on the subject of stretching and challenging our faith, okay? Now I know some of you are out there saying, oh great, here's another faith message. No, 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 no. Work with me with this, okay? Walk through this with me and I think you'll see a difference. Now, first of all, let's ask a couple of questions. Why is it important? Why is faith important? Have you ever thought about that? And and even, what is faith? What is this faith that we're talking about? Well, in Hebrews eleven six, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay? That's what... Um, that's why it's important to have faith is so we can please him. Now, please there is the word that means to gratify entirely, and it's from the word acceptable, okay? So let's look at it this way. But without faith, it is impossible to be acceptable and to be pleasing and to be agreeable with God, 
Everybody follow that? So unless I have faith, I'm not going to be agreeable with God. How many of us want to be agreeable with God? How many of us want to do what God has put in our hearts to do and follow him? Amen? Well, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let me give you a little story about that. When, back a few years ago when we were in Colorado, me being the man of faith that I was, I was going through, we were going through a little bit of a tough time. Anybody been through one of those? And uh, I was out in the middle of a field of two acres that we owned, and I was praising and honoring God and worshiping Him, and then, no, not so much. I was out throwing a temper tantrum. Anybody else been there? I was out throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of this field, asking God why. What in the world is going on? And you know what, God? I, I, I heard, it, what, I'm not sure if it was an audible voice, but it sounded so clear that I thought it was an audible voice. And God said to me, well, Phil, what is faith? And I, of course, being the man of God that I am, I said, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of seeing. What do you mean, what is faith? And God says, okay, what is that? Folks, I didn't have an answer. I had to hit my knees in the middle of that field, and I had to come to grips with it. I didn't know what faith was. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance means that it's, it's confidence or confident expectation. In other words, it's that part in us that genders such a confidence and such an assurance in God that nothing can move us. And hoped for. Now, hoped isn't what the world says hoped is. Hope, like you hope it's not going to rain when we're hearing the thunder and seeing the clouds and the lightning. No. Hope is we expect something to happen. So let's look at it this way. Now, faith is the confidence, assurance that what we expect to happen, that what God said is going to happen, is going to happen. And then the word evidence there, evidence is um, it's a conviction. It implies that we on the inside have that assurance that will help us to stand no matter what. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, we will be able to stand. Okay? So faith is that confident assurance in God that what we hope to, what we expect to happen, what God said he was going to do, that he's going to do, and it manifests in our lives and it creates an, uh, an action in us that we stand strong and firm. Now that's what faith is. Well, um, it is by the word of God, the truth, that, that the Holy Spirit works or convinces us that to do that good and perfect respect, uh, uh, acceptable thing. It helps us be acceptable. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? Conformed to this world. That world right there, that's the same world that's over in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, where it says, All that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not of the Father. Okay? So what that's saying is, is don't be conformed to that sin nature, 
the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That only comes through the Word of God. Now, faith, let me give you a, a quick little definition on faith, and we're going to go over it again. But faith is trusting in God's ability. Pretty simple, right? Trusting in God's ability. So if we're going to be trusting in God's ability, what would be the cons- contrary to that? What would be the opposite of that? Now, I know that some places they say, well, it's fear. Fear is not the opposite of that. Trusting in God's ability, the opposite of that would be trusting in some other ability. Well, guess what that other ability is? It's our pride. Trusting in our own ability. And that's the opposition that we run into. Okay? That's the three things that, that, that uh, uh, we, we each one of us deal with each and every day. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We're trusting in our own ability. So how does God, through his Holy Spirit, help us deal with and gain control of these areas? Well, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. In Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God that works in us, in you, both to will and to do his good and perfect pleasure. Let's take a look at that. It's God that works in us. Well, where is he working? In us. That's in here, in our hearts. To do what? To will. In other words, he's going to give us the desire to do what he wants us to do. He's going to put that desire on the inside of our hearts. You know the scripture that says God's going to give you the desires of your heart? Anybody ever heard that? Sure. That doesn't mean that God's going to give you whatever you want. Now, I know that there are some that would say that and teach that, but what that means is that God is going to put inside of us the desires that he wants us to have. He's going to give us the desires that are going to benefit us, encourage us, strengthen us, build us up, lift us up, and build in us that character that would help us to be the men and women of God that he's called us to be. All right? So God's going to do that work. So He's going to, first of all, he's going to give us the desire to do it, the will, and to do. He's going to give us the ability to accomplish that. Well, that's pretty simple. All I have to do is just, Wait, right? Hang around. Do nothing. No, not exactly. There's one little word that we all need to bring into our heart and and come to grips with. It's that little four-letter word called obey. Now, I know none of you have a problem with that. I do. I have some struggle with obeying and obedience. But if we will learn to do that, and as Jesus did, only do what the Father tells us to do, only say what the Father tells us to say, we can avoid a lot of those circumstances and situations. Amen? And that's really what we want. So let's look over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, in verse 2 through 4, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience, as the King James Version says, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Okay? Everybody look up here. How many of us, when we're going through a trial, count it all joy? Woohoo! Fun time. We're glad we're there. Not so much, right? Yeah. We don't do that. But that's because we really don't have an understanding of what that is. Okay? Patience there means endurance as to things 
or circumstances, and also long-suffering and endurance towards people. You mean, you mean I have to endure and have patience with all those knuckleheads that have caused me all that grief and all that harm and all that frustration? Yeah, pretty much. That's what it means. How many of you have ever had difficulties with other individuals? Oh, now, come on, every hand out there has got to be going up now. All right. Sure we do. And that is one of the number one tools that Satan uses against us. He now works in the children of disobedience. That's what Ephesians says. But if he can divide us, if he can get us divided, he can conquer. And that's his goal. That's his plan is to divide. Okay? But this patience, this work, this refining work of God, this trial, this testing, Builds in us that that patience, that endurance, so that we can deal with that. And without that patience, without that endurance, it's tough to carry on. Now, if if you ask, God will give it to you liberally, and and He won't re, uh, reproach you. It says um, we need to go to the next James one six through eight. I missed. I'm out of sync here. There we go. Perfect. There we go. I'm on track now. Perfect means uh, to be full of age and completeness. Okay? And complete means perfectly sound, whole, or having all its parts. Okay? Now, everybody, I want you to look up here and think about this. Where was Adam and Eve? In the garden. What were they doing in the garden? Hanging out with God. They were spending every day hanging out with God in fellowship, okay? What God wants is to bring us all back to the place where we were before the fall. He wants to be hanging out with each one of us. He wants to be in fellowship with each one of us. He wants to come down and spend time and hang out with us. And that's pretty cool, right? Because that's what God wants. Well, that completeness, that's what this does. It brings us back to that place where we were. That's what this refining work of God does. Now, in James 1, 5, it says, But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, wisdom means first the knowledge to, of how to regulate one's relationship with God, and when one is wise to God, how to be prudent with others and knows how to deal with those circumstances. Okay? So, this is what it is. Wisdom is not just having intelligence and knowledge and, and, and you know, being able to, to be witty and creative. Wisdom is how to regulate our relationship with God. And then when we're in that kind of a relationship where God is doing what he wants to do in our hearts, he's building that character in us, he's, he's doing that work inside us, then out of that we are able to deal with those circumstances and situations. Okay? Everybody follow that? Where it says that he's working inside us, okay? How many of you have ever heard the scripture, faith without works is dead? Okay? Well, let's talk about that just a little bit. Faith there, trusting in God's ability without works, something happening inside here, something changing inside of me, producing fruit, good fruit, that faith is dead. Trusting in God's ability without something changing inside my heart is dead. Does that make more sense? Sure. 
So God needs to be working in here. God needs to be doing something, okay? And it says that if any of you lack wisdom, well, in other words, it's saying if you lack the ability to regulate your relationship with God and with others, just ask God, and he'll give it to us liberally. He's not going to come and say, oh, Phil, you knucklehead. What are you doing? No, he's going to come, and he's going to say, you know what, Phil? Let me show you how much I love you. Let me show you how much you mean to me. Let me show you how precious and valuable you are to me. And then as that relationship with God develops, then all of the rest of this stuff is taken care of. All of those circumstances and situations that we struggle with, we can deal with because we have God's word in it. You see that? And and what we just learned that he's going to give me the desire to do that, and then he's going to give me the ability to accomplish that. Now, I'm going to take a little side note here. And how many of you, when it talks about endurance or long-suffering towards people, how many of you have ever been offended? Sure we have. And how many of you have ever had a tough time when God says, well, you need to forgive and going back to that offense? Yeah, we do. Well, did you know that in my own ability, in my pride, It'll never happen. If I try to go and forgive out of my own self and my own ability, it's it's virtually impossible to do. But if I will turn to God and allow what he says he will do, him to work in me, first of all, to give me the desire to forgive. I have to have that desire in my heart put in there by God or it's not going to happen. And then... He doesn't say, well, Phil, there you go. Good luck. Let me know right when you get work. No. He says, Phil, I'm going to give you the ability to do that. I'm going to give you the, the, the strength and the confidence and assurance and work in you to do that. Now, do you know what that ability is called? Grace. Grace is God's ability. It's God working in me. Okay? Now, this is spoken of in reference to to the temptations and the trying of our faith. Now, if we ask, God will give us the ability to regulate that, and that's grace. In James 1, 6, James 1, 6 through 8, it says, But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay? So let's look at that. If faith is the total and complete trust in God's ability, okay? An example of that, do we have an example? Let me give you an example of that. Ephesians 2.8. It says, for by grace have you been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Let's read it this way. So by God's ability, grace, you have been saved through trusting in God's ability, and that not of yourselves, that is a gift of God. Well, what's the gift of God? Trusting in God's ability. Faith is is a work that God does on the inside of us too. We're going to get to the scripture a little bit later, but it says Jesus is both the author and finisher of our faith, does it not? So that faith that we have to trust in God's ability, God even gives us that. Now, how cool is that? God will work that inside my heart. He will give me the desire 
and the ability to do that. Okay? So if we ask for God's ability, but then we don't trust in his ability, or are wavering, as King James Version says, in other words, we are double-minded and unstable in all of our ways. So let's get this picture. I'm asking for God's ability. That's faith, trusting in God's ability, right? But what's the opposite? What did we say the opposite of that was? Trusting in my ability. So I ask for God, I need your help. Please come and help me. Man, I need your help right here. Oh, but wait, wait. I, if, if, I, if I read my Bible more every day, that'll fix it. No, no, wait, I got it. I got it. If I pray, if I pray an hour more every day, that, that's going to fix it. No, I, I got it. I got it. If, if I go to church every time the door is open, that's going to take care of my problem. How many of you know those are good things, right? Those are important. Those are valuable. How many of you know if I'm doing them out of my ability, they become works? And what are my works? What does God's word say about my works, my righteousness? Filthy rags. So if I am trying to accomplish all of this out of my ability, instead of trusting in God's ability, it's of none effect. Now, those things are important. Those things are vitally important in our lives. But if we're doing them to gain favor with God, to gain brownie points with God, if we're doing them to show the pastor or the leaders in the church that we're here or to show our neighbors how good we are, that doesn't work. What's the only reason we should be doing those things? To develop that relationship with God right here. That's what it's talking about, okay? Now, overcoming this, oh, by the way, unstable, it means to be unstable and it means to be uh, uh, unsteady, but it comes from a root word which means turmoil and confusion and tumult of the mind. How many of you have ever experienced that? You're asking for God's ability, but then you turn and try and get off over here in your own ability, and it seems like everything just kind of goes tilt. You just, you just lose track. Anybody experience that besides me? Sure. That's what happens when we try to get off in our own ability, trusting in God, or not trusting in God. Okay? Overcoming this is what Paul was praying for in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Okay? So in other words, what Paul is saying there is that that complete there is the word hulk, Holokaros, uh, it's a Greek word that means totally, complete, entire, lacking nothing. It means that our satisfaction comes not from everything going good around us. How many of you know that that's probably not going to happen? But our satisfaction comes from the fact that we are in a relationship with God and that God is faithful to watch over his word in our lives. And that God will do that work inside us to help us be the men and women that he's called us to be. That's where our satisfaction comes from. Even though things around us may be not so swell. Even though there may be some some trials and some tribulation and some frustrations going on in our life. God will watch over that and, and is the one that will work in that. Now, often... When we are in this state of double-minded and experiencing this confusion and turmoil of our mind, we begin to worry and experience anxiety. 
Has anybody else out there ever worried? Anybody else out there ever experienced anxiety? Where does that come from? It comes from this state of mind. It comes from being in confusion. When we ask for God's ability, but then we go over here back to my ability. You see that? When we try to trust in our own ability, it doesn't work. You know, let me give you a kind of an example of that. We have been told, how many of you have ever heard you need to get sin out of your life? Anybody ever heard that? Sure we have. Well, let's take a look at that. If sin is my pride, and I'm going to get rid of that with my pride, how much luck am I going to have with that? That's kind of like taking gas and pouring it on a fire to try and put a fire out, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. If I try trusting in my own ability, it's destined to fail, okay? Because God's Word says pride, my ability, goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. How many of you have ever been there in that destruction and that fall place? Yeah, that's not a fun place to be. So if we learn to trust in God's ability and not experience that turmoil of the mind and get in confusion, we can experience the strength and the work of God. Now, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, that careful there is the word which comes from means anxious, or it means worry, or it means careful, or take thought. Okay? So what is it saying there? Don't worry and don't even think about those things that you're dealing with. Why? Because if that's where our focus is, where is our focus not? It's not on God's ability. And the more we camp over here looking at that, what happens? Well, how can I fix this? What can I do here? How am I going to be able to deal with this? How am I going to be? How am I? How am I? Yeah. We start getting into me, I. And that's exactly where we don't want to be. But if we will learn to turn to God and trust in his ability, and then what's our part? What's our favorite little word? Obey. If we can just learn to obey him, do what he tells us to do, then all of these things will be taken care of. As a matter of fact, in Matthew it says, seek first the kingdom of God, his rule, his reign in my heart. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then what? All these things will be added unto us. Now the picture is that we are doing just that. We are looking to God. We're trying to uh, reach, uh, not reach God. We're trying to uh, develop that relationship with God. We're allowing God to do that work in our hearts. And then this stuff just overtakes us from behind. We don't even see it coming. And that's a good place to be. And God is faithful to do that. So why do we do this? Why do we get in this place in our minds? Well, faith. What what's, uh, ability are we trusting in? Are we trusting in God's ability? Or are we trusting in our own ability? See, God wants us to be brought back again to that position, to that place where we are complete and perfect where our spirit man is as it was before the fall, complete and in perfect communion with him. That's God's desire. That's what God wants to happen in our lives. 
James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. All right? Blessed means possessing the characteristic of deity, and it indicates the state of the believer in Christ. Okay, everybody look up here. How many of you have ever heard the word blessed? How many of you have ever equated that word with having things and everything going good? Oh, come on. Come on now. How many? All right. That's not what it means. Blessed simply means that I have the evidence of God working in my life. That God is doing that work inside me. And out of that relationship is produced fruit. What is the fruit? Blessings. That's how that works. Now, if all we're doing is seeking the blessings without seeking being blessed, God working in our hearts, we're again out of tilt. We've got the cart before the horse. We're doing it in our ability instead of God's ability. Everybody see that? So blessed is God working in my heart. When someone says, I am blessed, that means that I have God's evidence working in my life, and that is producing fruit. Now, what is the fruit of God? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, mercy, all of the fruit of the Spirit. So if I'm producing fruit for God, then can I produce fruit over here out of my ability? What is that fruit? Hate, anger, frustration, anxiety, turmoil, fear. Yeah, that's that side of it. And we want to be here with God, seeking Him first, allowing Him to do that work in our hearts, and bringing us into that place of completeness where it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter the circumstance and the situation that we're facing. It doesn't matter who did this or who offended me or who is saying something, right? It matters that I am in relationship with God, that I am blessed. He's working in my heart. He's working in my life to produce fruit. And out of that, all of the rest of this is taken care of. Does that make sense? All right. So, um, a blessed person is one whom God makes fully satisfied, not because of favorable circumstances, but because he indwells the believer through Christ. To be blessed is equivalent to have God's kingdom in our hearts, and that's what we're talking about. Now, it says endures. Blessed is the man that endures. Endures there means to remain under or to sustain a load of miseries, adversities, persecution, provocation, in faith and patience. Patience towards things, circumstances, and long uh, suffering towards people. Now, temptation, as used here, is not the... the, the uh, enticement of Satan to get us to fall. This temptation is the trying and refining work of God. So blessed, evidence that God is working in my heart and in my life is the man who endures temptation, that refining and that trying work of God. Okay, Tried is to be proved uh, as metals, like by fire, thus purified. Okay, How many of you have ever heard or, or, or maybe even seen how Gold is purified. Anybody ever seen that? What do they do? They heat it up extremely hot, okay, until all of the junk, the dross, the junk floats to the top. And then they scrape that off. They let it cool back down. And then they do it again. 
and they heat it up. All that junk comes to the top. They clean it off, and they let it cool down. And they do it seven times. Okay, that is how it, how many times it takes to to purify it and get pure gold. Okay, how many of you have ever been heated up? How many of you have ever been under some intense pressure and stress and fire? Okay, and then it cooled back down. How many of us, when we were like that and in that situation, had a bunch of junk come to the top? <laughs> come on now, let's be be honest here. I'm gonna have that junk showing up right there in our in the mirror. Yeah, and that got taken away, and then things kind of cooled back down, and then it happened again, and that junk came up there, and they, God took it away, and then it cooled back down for a little bit, and then it happened again. Well, how many times has it happened? More than seven? More than seven? Why is that? There's a whole lot more junk in here. Okay? There's a whole lot more junk in this old boy than is just in gold. And God has to deal with it. But only God can. Because you see, it's God that works in me, both to will and to do. God's the one that's going to give me the desire to deal with this. Then God is the one that's going to give me the ability to walk through that. He doesn't leave me alone. He doesn't. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to go there. How many of you have ever heard the word that you will know the truth? Finish that. And the truth? How many of you said set? Come on, let me see hands. How many of you said set? It doesn't say set. It says the truth will make you free. Okay, I'm going to use pastor's example. And we did this last Wednesday, so bear with me. That lump of clay. Okay? You take that lump of clay and you flop it down on the wheel, okay, the potter does, and he gets it to spinning, then does he just set it free? Huh? Come on. Does he just set it free? No, what does he do? Oh, man, that hand goes right down in the middle of it, and he starts molding it, and he starts shaping it, and he starts making it into something. Well, guess what? God's going to make me free. That truth, when it gets down inside me and God starts doing that work, sometimes it's a little uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Anybody ever been there? Sometimes it starts to do some things in me that I am not really pleased with. As a matter of fact, once in a while, like every time, it hurts a little bit. Amen? That's making me free. That's what the trying and refining work of God does. And it's the Word that does that. In 1 Peter 1, 3-9, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last days. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, 
so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may found to result in praise and glory and honor and revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with the joy, inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as an outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Okay? Now what does it say? Even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you're going to go through some struggles. You're going to go through that trial and that refinement. Well, has anybody ever experienced that? So apparently it's necessary. Yeah, it's something that's necessary in each one of us. Why is it necessary? Why do we have to go through that? I'll give you three guesses. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It's my pride that God needs to deal with. It's not something that I can get rid of. I can't get rid of my pride with my pride. It's not going to work. Never has, never will. That's why Jesus and his grace, God's grace, is sufficient. You know, when he told Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient. Well, let's look at it this way. He said, Paul, my ability is sufficient. What was Paul saying? Well, yeah, but I got to take care of the churches. I got I to be there. I got to do this. I got to do that for the churches. I gotta, I'm in charge. I'm responsible. I started those churches. I mean, I got to be there. What God say? No, Paul. My grace, my ability is sufficient. So what is my part? Trusting in God and obeying. Simple, right? Each one. I know that none of you out there really deal with the obedience part. I, I got that. But, but once in a while, I have a little bit of a <laughs> no. That's the that's the problem, because we are trained from the time that we are old enough to know anything, that we trust in our own ability, especially us guys. Think about this. When was the only time that you were acknowledged in in your life growing up? When was that? When you were performing? When you were doing things good? When you were in your ability and acknowledged for it? Yeah. Especially uh, us guys in and in the ath- athletics, man. If you were doing great on the on the, in your in performing and in, in some athletic event, what did you get? Promoted, exonerated, exalted, noticed, right? Okay, we have been taught that from the time that we are old enough to know anything. Trusting in our ability, accomplishing things. Okay, that goes contrary to what God is saying and that we need to learn to trust in his ability. So there is the battle. There is the struggle. Okay? Now, here's an interesting side note. In the Word of God, there are seven scriptures that deal with spiritual warfare. Right? We're in the battle. And that's what pastor's been talking about is we're in the battle. Okay? Of those six, guess how many are dealing with Satan? One. One scripture. Guess what the other six deal with? I'll give you three guesses. (laughs) That's it. It deals with right here. 
It deals with what's happening in here. Okay? So if we can learn to allow God to do that work in us, to build in us the character that will strengthen us, that will help us be the people that he's called us to be in faith, trusting in his ability, that's when we will see that victorious life that we all want to have. That's when we will walk in that victory. Okay? Now, so what does all this mean? It means God will cleanse and purify us so that we will be acceptable and brought back to the place where we were before the fall, and the result will be we will receive life. Now, that life, that's the Zoe life. That's the God kind of life. That's that abundant life that Jesus talked about, that he came to give us. Okay, And as we learn to walk in that life, to walk in the Spirit, and that means to be obedient to whatever God tells us to do, that's when we're going to experience a fullness of life that we've not experienced out in the world. And God is the one that does that in us. Well, again, what's my part? Just to obey. I have to do what God tells me to do and only what the Father tells me to do. All right, Who else is going to be telling me to do things? We've got an enemy, and what is his only weapon that he has against us? Lie and deceit. So when I hear those lies and that deception and those things that are contrary to God's word coming into my thought pattern, what am I supposed to do with that? Take that thought captive immediately unto the obedience of Christ. There's our favorite word again, obedience, obey. So what I need to do is when I'm hearing that stuff that is contrary to God's word, I need to shut that down, take that, and bring it over and submit it unto the, to the word of God. So if I'm going to do that, what is it inherent that I need to have? Think about this. Don't answer. Just think about it. If I'm going to take that thought captive and bring it over to the obedience of Christ and submit it to the word of God, what do I need to have? How about knowledge of the Word of God? If I'm going to take that thought captive and I'm going to bring it over here and submit it to the knowledge of the Word of God, I better have knowledge of the Word of God. Amen? And that's the problem with many, many believers today has been my experience. We don't understand the Word of God. We haven't come to grips with that and allowed God to come inside of our hearts to build in us that character and spend time in the Word. God's Word says to study, to show yourself approved. To who? To the pastor. No. To the Bible study teacher. To your spouse. To who? To God. Well, that's that acceptable and pleasing and being in a relationship with God thing again, isn't it? So if I'm doing it for any other reason other than to allow God to build that relationship in my heart? It's just a work. But when I allow God's word to come inside me and make me free, do that work inside me that that changes me, and out of that it produces fruit, that's when the victorious life shows up. That's when I can be satisfied no matter what's going on around me. Okay? In Hebrews 12, 2, It says, looking unto Jesus, the author 
and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay? Author and finisher of our faith. All right? How many of you know that, that it says that our faith is a gift of God? So Jesus is the author of it. In other words, he's the one that's going to give it to us, and he's going to uh, author it. He's going to start it in our lives. And the finisher. He's going to make sure that it's complete and that we lack for no good thing. Okay? Well, then why in the world would he leave the middle part for me to mess up? He doesn't. What happens in that middle part? I happen. My pride jumps in there and says, you know what, God? I can handle this. I got this one. I'm okay. I can take care of this one. And then when I get over here in a mess, and I turn around, I say, you know what, God, I need your help. Please, come and help me. I need your help. Oh, but wait. If I just go, yeah. What just happened? I just took it out of God's ability, put it back into my ability, and what does it say? Unstable in all of my ways double-minded. And then did you notice what that scripture said right there? Think not that that man should receive anything from the Lord. When we go off in our own ability, you know what God says? Good luck with that. Let me know how it turns out. Okay? The Bible says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. When we get in our pride, if it's our choice, God gave us the right to choose, amen? So when we choose that, God says, okay, if you want to choose that, good luck, Phil. Let me know when when you're done, and then come on back. Because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So when I jump out there in my pride, I'm headed for destruction. But he gives grace, his ability to the humble. Well, what is humble? What what, what does that mean? That means that, oh, I'm just no good, lowly sinner. I'm not worth anything. Oh, woe is me. No, that's not humble. Come on. Humble simply means that I realize that I can't do it. My ability is not sufficient. My ability is not going to get it done. Humble means I come to that point where I realize that I'm not going to be able to take care of this. So I turn to God from where comes my strength, and I trust in his ability because his grace, his ability is sufficient. Andrew, you want to come up? In Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, how many of you out there, everybody look up here, how many of you have ever heard, I, you need more faith? Somebody ever heard, told you that? Have you ever heard that? Sure we have. You need more faith. No, you don't. God gave to every man the measure of faith. God is not a respecter of persons. God, my, did I, did he lose me? 
Am I on? Yeah. Am I on? Strengthening my spirit, man, will last me for eternity. So how do I strengthen my my spirit, man? What is it that builds that trust in God's ability in me that helps me to stand? What is it? Romans 10, 17. So then by faith, so then faith, trusting in God's ability, comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing there does not it does mean to, to hear there's something that we hear, but it comes from a root word that means to understand. So faith, trusting in God's ability, comes by hearing and understanding God's word and allowing that word to take root in our heart and to build in us that character. And and um, the word of God is something that each and every one of us need each and every day. Now I'm going to ask you a question. If you knew that God was going to meet you at the coffee table in the morning, breakfast table, and sit down and have coffee, would you be there? Would you? Who would not be there? You know what God's word says? We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto we do well to take heed. If we will spend a little time in this word and allow it to take root in our heart, allow it to work in us that faith, trusting in God's ability, and learn to put our ability aside and turn from that, we will start to experience that victorious life that God wants us to live. Amen? How many of you want that victorious life? Sure we do. And God is prepared and willing and able to do that in each and every one of us as we submit to Him and seek His kingdom first. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.